All right, this is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, here with another installment of On the Level, and today I am very excited. I'm a member of the Scottish Rite, and I get to interview the uh, highest Scottish Rite uh, officer in Arizona. No? I'm sorry. So hang on, I'm going to let John Amidon introduce himself. John, just give me your name, and what is your title here in Scottish Rite? John Amidon. I'm the personal representative to the Sovereign Grand Inspector General for the Orient of Arizona, and I'm in Phoenix. And what is your blue home blue lodge, John? It's Paradise Valley Silver Trowel, number 29. And I get a little confused, so I'm fairly new to Scottish Rite Masonry. I've only been a Scottish Rite member for about a year, but I, I always thought you were the highest officer in Arizona. What, what does that mean? As personal representative, can you tell me a little bit more about what that title means? Well, I am kind of the eyes and ears for the Sovereign Grand Inspector General uh, for the Phoenix Metropolitan, or the Phoenix Valley, and the northwest section of the state, which includes Prescott, Kingman, Bullhead City, and Lake Havasu. He can't be in all places at all times, so I take care of those areas and report back to him. There's, I have a counterpart in Tucson who takes care of all of Tucson and southern Arizona. Okay, so you're the head honcho for me anyway, <laughs> because I'm out of this valley, Valley of Phoenix. Um, so one of the first questions I usually ask, John, is uh, uh, why did you decide to join Freemasonry? Well, when I was a young man, in high school, uh, a gentleman that did business with my mother and father in a neighborhood grocery store uh, was talking to my mother one day and said that he was starting a DMLA chapter. And she told him that I would be a member. I had no input into that, <laughs> but I became a member of DMLA and was delighted. I have a number of my uh, family who have been in the Masonic fraternity, still are, and uh, so consequently I progressed from DMLA into Blue Lodge. And did, um, I don't know if I heard you say, how old were you when you uh, found out about DMLA? I was 14 years old. 14, okay, so fairly young age. One of the other questions I always ask is how people, when people became aware of Freemasonry, it usually is about that time or even younger. Um, can you tell me, is there anything about Freemasonry that is different uh, than you expected when you first got into it? I don't think so. Uh, I had some exposure to it from family, uh, and I saw the individuals who were in the Masonic fraternity uh, from my family, and I kind of took from them. And I don't think there were any real surprises. I think it was basically that it's an organization, as it says, that is going to make good men better. And how how uh, long ago, when, when were you raised, and how long have you been in Freemasonry? I was raised in 1973, in December of 1973. Uh, I immediately got into the progressive line, and I was a Master of my lodge, uh, Silver Trowel Number Twenty Nine, in nineteen eighty one. Wow, 
I was still in high school then. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> what uh, can you tell me about one, maybe one of your favorite memories of being a Mason? Well, yeah, I think uh, I had the opportunity in 2005 to be uh, awarded the 33rd degree Grand Cross in Scottish Rite. Uh, it was, I had a secretary in the a Valley Secretary here in Phoenix who did the original nomination, uh, got it through the Supreme Council, and unbeknownst to me, uh, all of a sudden uh, I went, I was going back to the biennial session and my wife told me that uh, I needed to take my tuxedo. <laughs> and I said, well, I never wear a tux, I just wear a dark suit. And she said, well, I think you probably ought to take your tux this time. <laughs> uh, she was in on the secret. And when I got back to Washington, D.C., uh, the Sovereign Grand Inspector General called all of the Phoenix Valley members that were there together. And then he dropped it on me that, uh, congratulations, I had been selected to receive the Grand Cross, which to me was just un unheard of. I had absolutely no inkling what was going to happen. And for those of you who don't know, that's a very, it's a very high honor. You cannot apply for it. You cannot uh, do any ritual work or anything like to get it. It's something you're nominated for and is, is voted on by the Supreme Council. So it's a, quite an honor. Yeah, at this point, there are about uh, less than 100 Grand Crosses in the world. And some very significant individuals have been awarded the Grand Cross, and one of my favorites was Ernest Borgnine. Uh, he and I uh, got to know each other, and he was just an incredible man. Wow, I didn't know you knew Ernest Borgnine. Wow. I always think of what was the the movie with the ship? Uh, no, 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 no. The All one that where it, it uh, sank, and he was, uh, I forget what the name of that movie was. Yeah, don't keep it. <laughs> My Sorry. All right. We'll move on. Um, we've touched on it a little bit already, but I want to specifically ask, what, what is it that makes Freemasonry important to you? Well, I think it's a way of life. It's a, it's a, I look at it as when I deal with someone, I like to, I'm one who likes to deal on a handshake. When I deal with a Mason, I feel comfortable that I can deal on a handshake. I can come to an agreement. I don't have to have everything in writing. Uh, it's, it's a way of doing business, a way of living that to me, uh, it's honesty, integrity, uh, a philanthropy as well. Uh, you know, to me, philanthropy, being philanthropic is, is what it's all about. There are people who are much less fortunate than I am. If I can assist them in any way, if I can help them out, whether it be financially or any other way, uh, I just get great joy out of doing it. Yeah, I have to say that I think when I got into Freemasonry, I had heard people say that brothers take care of each other, but I've actually seen it myself now that I've only been in Masonry for three years, and I'm always impressed that if anybody needs anything, there's a dozen brothers waiting in the wings to do something for them. Exactly. 
I'm always impressed by that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, one of the things I'm trying to do is chronicle Arizona memories. Are there any memories about Freemasonry specifically related to Arizona or that invoke Arizona to you? Well, uh, it's just some of the people that I've met. Uh, I mean, I had one, one individual who was a friend of mine who was born and raised here. He died uh, three years ago. He was 95 when he died. Mm -hmm. He was born and raised in southern Arizona. I worked at one time when I was a young man uh, in southern Arizona part of the time. And so I knew of some of the places he had been and, you know, where he was raised and, and how the people there lived and how they functioned and how they interacted with each other. And so it was, it was kind of interesting to, you know, know him personally and know how he dealt with people and, and where he came from and how he grew up. It was, it was just very interesting. What's the path that you took to go from Blue Lodge Masonry into Scottish Rite? Can you tell me about when that happened and how you got so involved in, in Scottish Rite Masonry? Well, when I went into the Blue Lodge and when I got into the Progressive Lodge, I just said, I will not go any farther until I've become master of this lodge. And then, after that, I'll look at the other appendant bodies and so forth. So I went through the line, and in 1981, I became master. So I had a, a mentor uh, who hounded me every twice every year, because that's when Scottish Rite had their reunion. He would hound me about going into Scottish Rite. And I said, no, Ted, not until I get through the Blue Lodge. And when I got through being master, uh, he continued to hound me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so in 1984, I finally succumbed, and I said, okay, I will join. So I went through uh, Scottish Rite Masonry. I went through York Rite. I went into the shrine. Uh, oh, you did it all. Yes. <laughs> and I, but I, I found a real niche in Scottish Rite. Uh, there were, uh, my mentor was very strong Scottish Rite. He was a 33rd. And he, he kind of coached me, if you will. And I got involved. And I got involved. I got started participating in a number of the degrees. As a, as a character, and then the next thing I knew, I had a couple of degrees that I was the, the master of those degrees. I was the director for those degrees, and, and one thing led to another, and then I had the opportunity of being with the philanthropic thought in mind. I had the opportunity to be elected to the Scottish Rite Foundation board, and that was they were in charge of uh, the learning center that we had at that time, which took care of children with learning disabilities. To me, that was that was exciting. So I got to participate in the board, and, and then the people who were on the board uh, decided that maybe uh, I needed to go even further. And so they recommended me when the when my 
predecessor decided that he was going to retire. Uh, there were two or three members of the board who were high up rather influential in Scottish Rite Masonry who said, here's a man I think would do a good job. So consequently, in 1998, I got appointed as the personal representative. And I haven't been able to say no since. So. <laughs> long, so was that 18 years? Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. Holy cow. Um, I think I asked a couple of these questions already. Um, tell me, you, you already mentioned your friend in Southern Arizona, but I don't know if there's anyone else. I usually ask, tell me about a Mason maybe who made a big impact on your life and who you think embodies the ideals of Freemasonry or someone who made a big impact on you in Masonry. Well, I think there were more than one, really. Uh, one was, uh, his name was Ted Mounts. He was, uh, he was one of my mentors. He was a 33rd degree in Scottish Rite. He was a past master of, of our lodge, my lodge, uh, as well as his. Uh, he was kind of the epitome. Uh, he was a businessman. Uh, had a, He was a barber, really, and had his own bookstore and a couple of other things, and he was just he was very influential. I had uh, three or four others. Uh, the, the gentleman that I named from Southern Arizona, his name was Sam Madsen, was a businessman. And he was just, he was very active in the shrine. Uh, he was, uh, he was one of those that, again, it was, he was philanthropic. Uh, I had uh, a couple of past grandmasters. Uh, Asbury Casey, uh, Pat Nelson were both active. Uh, Asbury Casey at one time was a sovereign grand inspector general for Arizona in Scottish Rite. Uh, Pat Nelson was a past grand master. He was a secretary in Scottish Rite. They were they were instrumental. They were people that I looked up to, and I thought you know if I can be any part of what these men are. I'll feel I'm successful. So those were those were some of the people that that I looked up to. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Dick Russell, who is <clears throat> in his mid 90s, okay, who still to this day gives lectures in the degrees. Oh, really? Yes. And so Dick is another one who is, you know. I look up to them. They're, you know, they're just they're examples that you have to you have to look up to. You have to try to emulate. And I think uh, one of the reasons why I decided to do this project, and it's important to me, is because I think there's a men need that group of other men to look up to. And other than you know, we don't need to look at sports stars or movie heroes. We need real men to see as an example and to work towards. And that's what these men were. Dick is still here. He's still giving lectures. Uh, of course, Pat and Barry Casey and Ted Mounts have all passed. Oh. Uh, but it's I still look up to those people. That you know what they left behind even uh, is is incredible. And uh, my predecessor, okay, uh, Russell Cloud, he was one. 
33rd degree, he was a Grand Cross. He was another one that, you know, Russell did it quietly, okay? Uh, he didn't have to have a big audience or anything, but he did things and made sure that people were taken care of. Uh, I mean, he even, he was one who uh, took care of families after the, the Mason had passed, and he made sure that everything was taken care of for those people. So uh, those were the people that I looked up to. All right. Are there any other closing thoughts or memories you want to share? Anything else you'd like to say about uh, Freemasonry or Scottish Rite Masonry? Well, I would, <laughs> I would really hope that we could could increase our membership. Uh, it's one of the things that that just I think it bugs all Masons, uh, whether they be in Arizona or anywhere else, uh, to get more men involved. Uh, in this craft, I think it's a, I think it's important, and I think that Masons can can and do do so much that the more we get involved, the better we are. I saw a video on the Scottish Rite uh, Supreme Council Southern Jurisdiction website today. There was a young man talking about how in today's world, young people are so distracted by cell phones and tablets and computers and technology and and there's so many things to draw you away from people that masonry is really the one thing that is here to bring you together to people. And it's, I think it's, it's perfectly positioned in this time, in this place right now, to be an excellent example for young men who are looking for a way to connect and looking for more meaning in life. I have three or four young men who I got acquainted with uh, when they were in Demolay, uh, and... I try to mentor them along uh, so that when they become of age, that they decide to go continue and go into masonry. Uh, and so far, so good. I've had uh, about three out of four that have that have done it, uh, and they're they're very successful in their masonic careers. And you know, to me, I just I look at that, and it's. That's what it's all about, okay? If I can mentor young men, uh, fine. I enjoy it. It's fun. All right, John, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. You're welcome. Thank Again, you. this is Bo Buchanan. We're actually uh, recording from the Scottish Rite offices here in Phoenix. So thank you for having me, John. You bet. Thank you.